A lot of talk yesterday over results showing low math scores for 15-year-olds in this country post-pandemic. Almost immediately, critics were calling for big changes in the way schools teach math. My next guest suggesting maybe we just take a deep breath before we look for a quick fix. Professor Louis Volante is a professor at Brock University, also the president of the Canadian Society for the Study of Education. Professor Volante, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. Really appreciated your column in The Conversation, conversation conversation.com. You can check that out. But first of all, if someone missed the headlines yesterday, what were we hearing when it came to math scores for teenage Canadians? Well, I mean, what you heard was basically that uh, math scores had gone down significantly since the last iteration of the PISA test, which was administered in 2018. It's normally administered every three years, but because of COVID, it was delayed a year. Hence, it was administered in 2022. So we've had a downward trajectory since 2003, but it was definitely much steeper when we when we saw the results, which were released yesterday in Paris at around 11 o'clock. You mentioned PISA. So that is the Program for International Student Assessment, the 2022 results, and this is the OECD. So they are looking at results in different subjects for students right around the world, aren't they? Yes. I mean, they basically test three domains, math, reading, and science. Uh, 15-year-olds around the world. It includes 81 countries slash economies. And, um, you know, every three years, it has a focus on a different domain. So even though um, yesterday's results were focused on math, they still test in um, reading and science as well. So we also have those results. Should we be, well, alarmed or surprised because we know what was happening during the pandemic and what suffered when it came to the education of, well, all students? Well, the sky isn't falling. I mean, uh, you know, every single country, almost almost every single country um, that participated in 2022 had results that went down, including the OECD's average went down by... 17 points. Canada's math result went down by 15. The the point that the listeners need to really understand is that our results have been somewhat sliding for a while now. It's just the steepness of the slide based on the um, the last results that were released. So, you know, the sky isn't falling, but we do need to reverse the trend and the trend is negative and we need to make it positive. Yeah. When you hear sliding, of course, a lot of listeners are saying, uh, do we have to be concerned? I know this was focusing on math. When we look at reading and science, is there a similar trend? Yeah, well, reading went down by 13 points and, and science is pretty flat. So for whatever reason, science didn't seem to suffer uh, a, a significant decline. Three points on a, on an average of 515, that's not significant. It's not important. But, you know, our, our mathematics score is 497, you know, and if you look at 2003, it was 530. And, you know, um, for the listeners to understand, it depends on the testing cycle, but, 
anywhere from 20 to 30 points is the equivalent to one grade level. So it's like saying one country that's 530 and another that's 510 or 505 is essentially functioning. The average 15-year-old in that country is functioning one grade level above uh, their peers in another country. So, you know, these these results are, you know, they're they're concerning. They, they definitely are concerning. But, um, you know, I think you know, what I've tried to argue is if, if we start throwing everything at math to the exclusion of other parts of the curriculum, we could spring a leak in other parts of the boat. Uh, how do we compare to other countries? You mentioned this is, um, you know, testing 81 countries. Where does Canada line up? Yeah, we're still in the top 10 consistently in all three domains. We've, we still hold the spot as the um, number one English-speaking jurisdiction around the world. Meaning, you know, we outperform Australia, New Zealand, we outperform the UK, um, you know, Ireland. So, you know, we, we, you know, we are doing better than many of our Western um, counterparts. But that's no cause for celebration. I mean, you know, I, I, I think, you know, we as Canadians, we, we take pride in our education system. So we shouldn't be looking at those below us. We should be looking at those above us and trying to to do better. We definitely can do better in the area of math. My guest this afternoon is Louis Vellante, a professor at Brock University, also the president of the Canadian Society for the Study of Education. Just talking about yesterday's results when it came to the OECD's release of the uh, Program for International Student Assessment, the PISA, and this is from the 2022 results. I'm, I'm curious when you were saying where we kind of line up, still in the top 10, where where's the U.S.? Because they have a different system in education as well. They often we often say that their public system isn't that strong. But I'm just curious, where does the U.S. fall? Well, the U.S. is more than a grade level below us. I mean, their score is quite low in math. They were 465, I believe. Um, I have to double check it, but I, you know, there, we've we've consistently been well ahead of the United States, and you know, and this is another thing because you know we they're our southern neighbor. We we have a tendency to compare ourselves to them, and then you know, I hope we don't because I think mm-hmm. that'll make us more complacent because they're not doing particularly well, and and to be frank, they have never done particularly well on international achievement measures. All right. So let's talk about how we change this trend. I know in Alberta, it's taken a while and it's a slow process of changing curriculums. But how do policymakers do the right thing? You say don't suddenly always now suddenly focus on math. How, how do you do it more holistically? It's, it's a slow process. Yeah, I mean, when I say not to focus on math, that doesn't mean I don't think it's important that we, we do that. I what I'm more concerned about is that there are some students, for sure, whose strengths lie outside of math and outside of tested domains. And we also need to be careful about the types of push and pull mechanisms we have. So if we start narrowing the curriculum, if we put an undue emphasis on math to the exclusion of other parts of the curriculum, we could push students out of the system. And Alberta, as you probably are well aware, doesn't have you know, the most favorable student retention rates in terms of graduation. And the cost of students not completing high school is severe. It's it's severe for the individual, but it's also very severe for the, the country itself in terms of economic prosperity. 
what we want to have is we want both things. We want high achievement, but we also want to make sure that we have students completing school at the highest level possible. Um, I think the last time um, Statistics Canada released census data, our extended time graduation rate was 94%. That means two years after graduation, students were 94% of students were completing high school in, in Canada. But Quebec and Alberta, who coincidentally have the highest math scores, also tended to be at the bottom of that relative provincial ranking in terms of completion rates. Even there, you're comparing provinces. And I know ultimately provinces are, uh, it's the responsibility, education is their responsibility. Do we have to look at it more nationally? Or do you think that makes it even more difficult to be able to come to a consensus when we're looking at different focuses in the curriculum? We have such different student populations. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, when I travel the world and I give talks around the world, one thing that I mentioned about what makes Canada distinct, and the OECD recognizes it because they actually release Canadian means. In addition, they release all the provincial averages as well, right? And they've done that for a long time. Um, we were one of the first to have that. So what I think one of the strengths of our system is that because we have provincial autonomy and how we administer education, provinces are doing different things. So we have 10, 10 mini systems in a sense, and we can learn from one another in terms of what's working in one place and maybe not in another. I mean, when I look at Alberta, for instance, in terms of their strong math performance, one thing that I like about the Alberta education system is that and Quebec as well, is that they basically put someone with a math background in front of a student at an earlier grade than what you would see in other provinces. So like in Ontario, where I live, uh, students really don't get a specialized math teacher until high school. So they're quite likely to have someone teaching them in grade seven or eight who may have a background in the arts, but you know that's not the type of teacher who's going to feel comfortable teaching math. And I can get into the research around teachers' math anxiety and how that how that influences students. But you know, I could say the exact opposite too, right? If you if you're taking art, you want someone with an art background. And the research is clear: the person that is teaching the subject, if they have a background in that subject, they tend to have students achieve at a better at a higher level. It just is more pronounced in math in the research. And now let's throw in COVID learning and what we have to change because we know those years or, you know, year to two years of online learning is probably a big part of these scores. So how do education systems address that moving forward? First off, you're not going to fix or uh, make up these learning gaps. In, in a year or two. That's just not the way educational change works. In fact, um, most of the, you know, and this is something I argued about in, in the conversation, to have a long view, have a multi-year approach to improving educational outcomes. And the, the issue here is that what ends up happening is it's politics runs into the educational change literature. So you have different governments um, get elected. They want to put their own stamp on things and they change things sometimes prematurely. Um, they evaluate the success of initiatives sometimes prematurely. And, you know, education becomes a football 
uh, that gets bantied around and tossed around. So I think it would be nice, at least in Alberta and Ontario and every other province, and I, I think it's difficult to do, but to have wide party agreement in terms of what the plan is moving forward and base that plan on evidence. And, and that is the key part there. So what do we know works in terms of, in this case, what do we know works in terms of improving math outcomes? We know quite a few things, actually. Um, and then it then it becomes an issue of how do you stick to that plan regardless of who's in power, regardless of the political winds that are blowing at the time. Great conversation. Actually, you can check out theconversation.com to read Professor Volante's article on that. Professor Volante, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Louis Volante, a professor at Brock University, also president of the Canadian Society for the Study of Education.